this morning. Father, I pray that you'll just put your hand upon us, Lord, and help us to, to just recognize that you are here with us, Lord, and, and to realize the cost that was given and the price that was given, dear Lord, for, for us to have a salvation through you, dear God, because you paid it all. Find in me thine own. 
Gary's out today. He, Gary had to have some surgery, so he's going to be out. Uh, I don't know how long he'll be out. But I'll keep Gary in your prayers as he's recovering from surgery that he had. And uh, we're kind of a piecemeal group up here today. But uh, we uh, hope you enjoy what we're doing and hope that you're feeling the spirit today.
Father, we do come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you tell us that we need to be uh, 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 joyous and uh, generous givers. And, uh, Lord, we uh, know that you bless us in uh, so many ways and so fully. Lord, might your uh, Holy Spirit guide us now, uh, our minds and our hearts, that we might give accordingly. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.
filled with wonder, awestruck wonder at the mention of your name. Jesus, your name is power, breath of living water, such a marvelous mystery. Let's express our encouragement and appreciation to these brothers today, this morning. <laughs> I tell you what, it's wonderful uh, to be a part of a church family and uh, everyone using their gifts, using their abilities, their talents. I'm, uh, I was sitting on the front row this morning and I'm getting to enjoy some beautiful music because I, I hear y'all singing behind me. And, what a blessing, you know, some, some of us have gifts with music, and some of y'all are prepared Sunday school lessons this morning, you're going to be teaching, some of you are excited because you're going to be working in the nursery or child care this morning, amen, amen, some of y'all are, are uh, passing out bulletins, and uh, uh, whatever, we're all doing our part to, uh, to make this happen. God is faithful. I appreciate uh, Mark and others that uh, prepare week in and week out musically because uh, it's a blessing. And uh, how many out here this morning, you're not signing up, but how many of you uh, own, I own one, own a guitar? You don't play it, but you own one, okay? Some of you play it. You play it good. I, I, I own one. There's... Several of us, you know, got it like in college days, and it's just sat in a closet, you know. I'm grateful there are guys who are willing to make the investment and, and share with us this morning. I got a, a text message this morning that was sent last night. Um, Bill Hughes, our, our youth minister, said, please pray for the youth on the timeout retreat this morning. He said, we'll extend an invitation to receive Christ during our morning worship service. And most of y'all know they're over at, in Talladega, Alabama at a camp called Shaco Springs. That's the state Baptist camp in Alabama. 
He said, pray that the students who've never trusted Christ will open their hearts and receive him today. So as we begin this message time, why don't we pray for the request that uh, Brother Bill has mentioned? Why don't we, we pray for Brother Gary, and that he would just have wonderful recovery from his surgery? Uh, why don't we pray for Brother Wayne? He's, he is uh, visiting Miss Susan's mother, and, and just pray for them. And, uh, and then you just lift up any burdens that are on your heart this morning. Let, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, there are a lot of wonderful things we can do this morning. Uh, we can serve and just express your love through a lot of different ways. Uh, one of the ways we can worship and serve you this morning is just by pouring out our hearts to you through song and and just praying prayers of praise and worship. And Lord, you are holy, holy, holy. And you are the Lord God Almighty. You're the one who gives us breath this morning. You give us life. But Lord, you long to give us so much more than just breath and life. You long to, to give us a, an intimate relationship with you and so, Father, I pray that this morning, as, as we've gathered, that we would pause and now pray for others that are gathered. Thousands of congregations across this United States, thousands across the world are gathering on this day to worship. We pray for the movement of your spirit. But particularly, we're concerned about a, a small congregation of youth in, in Chaco Springs. They're our youth. They're our children. And Father, we just pray for the movement of your spirit in their, in their retreat, but particularly in the, the worship service they'll have this morning. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit, through your word, would just speak clarity to their hearts and lives. And that young men and young women who've, who've never opened their heart's door to you, who've maybe never really completely understood that they could trust you and that you would embrace them even though we're all sinners. Father, I pray that today might be the day for a, a young man or a young woman to trust you. Father, we also want to lift up our precious brother Gary and uh, we just ask that your hand of healing would be upon him. Thank you for the successful surgery, and we just pray that it will heal and knit together beautifully. Father, we thank you for our senior shepherd. We thank you for Brother Wayne, and, and we pray for him, his family, and that they would just have a, a wonderful time with Miss Susan's parents and, or her mother now. Father, I pray that uh, you'll just bless them encourage them, give them safe travel back. Father, we invite you now just to speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Nancy and I had only been married a few months and uh, we got our first apartment up in Athens. And... Uh, little one-bedroom apartment, Parthenon 
Garden Apartments, if any of y'all know where that is, in Athens off of Gaines School Road. And, and um, we were so excited. Nancy's mother and dad were coming up to visit, you know, and we just probably been in that apartment for a week or two. And so, of course, with them visiting, we were going to cook breakfast. So, uh, you know, we got the eggs and the bacon and the grits and all this stuff. And so, you know, I get up and she's up and we're in that kitchen, pretty small kitchen, in there together. And I said, oh, I'll start working on the eggs. And, and so um, I take the egg the butter knife, tap the egg, and start to put them in there. And she's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting the eggs ready. She says, this is the way you do it. So she takes the egg and taps the egg on the counter. And uh, now for, you know, 22 years, I had observed my mother tap it with the butter knife, right? And I guess for you know, she's a year younger, 21 years, she had observed her mother doing the, you know, how do you break eggs? You tap them, okay. With an eye? No. Yeah, everybody's got their way of doing eggs. So anyway, basically what happened in about two or three minutes, we were fighting. And, uh, you know, I just got out of the kitchen and said, okay, you do it yourself, you know. And uh, that's the smart way to do it, right, guys? Yeah, right. Well, listen, this is my little incident and my experience is nothing compared to what Joseph experienced that we're going to look at and see here in Matthew. Open your copy of God's Word to Matthew chapter 1, looking at verses 18 through 25, but we're going to go verse by verse. So we're going to look at verse 18 first, and we're going to see an awkward discovery. In verse 18, the scripture says this, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. This is how it happened. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was, and my translation says, found. She was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. You know, God never promises us that when we follow him, that everything's going to be smooth as silk. He never makes that promise. Matter of fact, if you search the scriptures, you'll see that it's never smooth as silk. And we know from the, the gospel account in Luke that once Mary had received the vision and the promise from God, she had gone to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And now she's evidently come back home. And Joseph is beginning to notice she's putting on a few pounds. And after, you know, noticing that for a few weeks, it doesn't take Joseph long to discover, as it says here, he found, you know, she's found to be with child. Joseph discovers that the reason she's gaining weight is she's pregnant. And I am absolutely certain, once he put two and two together, that Joseph was hot. Joseph was devastated. Joseph was angry. Why? Because he had done everything he knew to do that was right in this relationship 
with Mary. Everything that he knew he could possibly do. I mean, he had dated her, courted her, probably for a long time. He not only got to know her, know her character, know what she was like, he even knew her family and was well aware of what her family was like and her background. I'm sure that they were, you know, he had, you know, they were engaged. So I'm sure that there had been a time after this long courtship where he had, you know, taken her, what, to Longhorn, you know? And it might have been, you know, like we have here, you know, on a, on a starlit night, he took her strolling through Fullwood Park, you know, maybe with the, well, it wouldn't have Christmas lights in, but anyway, but, you know, strolling through Fullwood Park, and, and maybe he got down on one knee and said, hey, will you marry, I'm sure he did, it says he was a righteous man, so I'm sure he did everything right, he did it correctly, he honored her, he did everything he knew in this relationship. I'm sure Joseph's friends were giving him the business, you know, like you would have friends. I had some friends, once they found out I was getting married, you know, they just tortured me, you know, and, you, and they were my friends, you know. I'm sure he had friends that were just teasing him. You know, it's, I guess it's the way us guys love each other, is by, you know, beating up on each other. But anyway, during this festive occasion, during this wonderful engagement, the reality is, Mary's pregnant. The reality is Mary has violated their trust. You know, that's what a whole that's what a relationship is. That's what that's what a marriage relationship is. It's all about trust. And a trust relationship takes time to develop. It has to be tested. You have to see that person in in difficult situations and still remain faithful and trustworthy. And what had probably been this trust that had been developed over months and years is now over. It's gone. The, The evidence was undeniable. So let's look at verse 19. Look at what happens in verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man... And did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had a plan. Look what it says. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. See, when you you love somebody and you have an authentic relationship with God, you have to do something. Once he discovered this, he had to do something. If he, if he loved her, if he loved God, he had to take action. Love cares. Love does something. And Joseph, as I just read, is described as a man who is righteous. It doesn't say he's perfect. He didn't, it doesn't say he did everything correctly. But righteous means he walked in the ways of the Lord. He walked in the path with God. That meant he was a person who listened to God's word and he walked in that path. Not perfectly, but that was his heart. That was his desire. That was his focus. He walked. And you know, 
let me just, that's one of the greatest blessings any of us can experience, single or married, but is particularly re- referring to couples or being engaged. There's that opportunity. If we both walk with the Lord, what a blessing. What a blessing can be ours. And Joseph knew Mary's heart. He knew she loved the Lord. He knew she was a woman of character. He knew her. And Joseph, he's trying to think, what can I do? What can I do? I must honor the Lord. I must do what he commands. But how? How do I do this? If you look over in Deuteronomy, it says, in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 20, it says, If, however, the charge is true and no proof of the girl's virginity can be found, she shall be brought to the door of her father's house, and there the men of her town shall stone her to death. In verse 21 of chapter 24, it says, If a man marries a woman who's become displeasing to him, and it says, he defines that, because he finds something indecent about her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce. Joseph knew these words from God. And in his mind, he's thinking, What do I do? You know, as I think about that, I think it must have been a similar struggle that Abraham had. Abraham's walking in the ways of the Lord, and God says, Take your son Isaac, your only son, and go and sacrifice him. And Abraham, he must have wondered, Lord, what? How can this be? How can this be working out? I'm walking with you. You're giving me this command. You made me this promise that through me, my seed is going to bless the nations. And you've given me this son in my old age, Isaac. How how am I to sacrifice him? And they go for days, well, about three days' journey to, to make that sacrifice. I'm sure in his heart he was struggling And I'm sure the same way. Joseph was going, Lord, you gave me this beautiful woman. She's been faithful. She's a woman of great character. How could you have let this happen? You know what? Every one of us can identify with this. Now, if you're younger, you may not be able to identify with it yet. But every one of us, not not a single one of us, escapes struggles like this. Well, look at verses 20 to 23. The scripture says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. 
because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Listen, just as the Lord told Abraham when he was about to kill his son, don't do it. And there was a ram provided. Just as God did that for Abraham, God did the same thing for Joseph. He didn't leave him in the midst of the struggle. He didn't leave him not knowing what to do. God spoke to him. And he said, Joseph, don't be afraid to go and take Mary right now to be your wife and to take her home to live with you. Because what is inside her has been conceived not by another man, but by the Holy Spirit of God. Now what's amazing is you and I hear this, and we've heard at least, how old are you now? 14. He's heard at least 14 times. Ted, you know, a few more. You know, so you know, all of us, you know, we've heard this story, but can you imagine? Joseph, he wasn't given like, you know, when he was a boy, hey, this is what's going to happen to you when you become a man. You know, he wasn't taught this in Sunday school. Joseph wasn't given a heads up. All of a sudden, in the middle of his dream at night, he's hearing this for the very first time. The child is not a man's. It's the Holy Spirit's. And in light of that, you go take her to be your wife. Now you would imagine, hearing that for the first time, that Joseph, when he awoke, said, I just had the craziest dream I've ever had in my life. You would have thought, he said, you know what? I shouldn't have eaten all that pizza last night. It upset my stomach so much I had the craziest dream. And, and, but you know what? He didn't do that. He knew that God had spoken to him. God will intervene when we do not know what to do. He'll intervene. I can remember when I was in college, God was really working in my life. I was trying to be sensitive to him. And, and I don't remember, but there was a season in my life where I must have picked up many, many hitchhikers. And uh, I didn't usually tell my parents about it that much because they would get nervous. And, but uh, there was a season when I did that. And I'll never forget coming home one time to Macon, where my folks were living, I picked up a hitchhiker. And on this particular occasion, I felt led to actually bring him home. So that night, um, I slept in my bed. My mom and dad slept in their bed. And this hitchhiker slept on our couch. The next morning, I took this person into the city. And, and um, you know, they were, were ministered to by another organization. And when I came home, my dad was sitting there. And he says, 
son, do you realize what you did? And I'm kind of proud of myself. I'm going, yeah, I ministered to somebody in Jesus' name. You know, it was, you know, I didn't say that like that, but that's what I was thinking. He says, do you have any idea what risk you put your mother in last night? I was thinking, what's he talking about? He said, you do realize while we're all sleeping, you had a total stranger in our house. It was like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me like, duh, why didn't you think of that before? Why didn't you think of that before? I can remember Nancy and I had dated for two years. And uh, we had talked about getting married. And, you know, we were excited about that, knew that that was going to happen. In our sense, we felt like God was leading us to do that. And, and so we were on a weekend with some friends up in Atlanta and just having a great time. And we said, well, why don't we go ahead and get married this summer? Why put it off? At the end of that weekend, I went home, and, and I'll never forget, I, I said, Mom, Dad, come here, I want to talk to y'all. And I remember they just sat there, didn't say a word. I said, listen, Nancy and I have been talking, da, 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 da. and as I just talked, as I talked, they didn't say a word, as I talked, I began to realize Everything that God had been doing in our lives up until this point, I was basically just going to go, don't worry about that, just get married right now. And it was like the Holy Spirit, as, we're, as, as, we're, as I was talking, is like going, no, you need to wait about 12 months. The Holy Spirit, God, he will intervene. Divine intervention. He will show us what we need to do. And the question comes down to verses 24 and 25. Look as we wrap up here this morning. It's simply this. It says this. When Joseph woke up, what? He did what the angel said. Now, do you see what that means? What that means is... The next morning when he woke up, he got out of bed and he went over and he knocked on the door of Mary's house. She probably didn't have her makeup on or anything. And he, and she, he said to her, hey, God has spoken to me. The child inside of you is of the Holy Spirit. You're coming home with me now. He did it. He was obedient. He obeyed the Lord. Now, I'm sure Joseph's friends, his buddies, I'm sure they said, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't you remember that scripture in Deuteronomy? And Joseph was obedient. I'm sure there was social pressure. Some people said, you know, you need to put her away. You know, you need to divorce her. Joseph was obedient. I'm sure some people were saying, think of your future, Joseph. But Joseph was obedient. And the question I think the Lord will ask us this morning is simply this. 
We've gathered to study His Word. We've gathered to worship as brothers in Christ. We're here to encourage one another. But will we be obedient to what the Lord shows us? Will we do what He shows us in His Word? Joseph went, knocked on the door, took Mary as his wife in obedience to God. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to be obedient? Abraham went out to a strange country. He was obedient to God. Philip went down the road called Gaza. He was obedient to God. Joshua, as you recall, was ordered to march around a city multiple times. He was obedient to God. I believe based on this scripture we see God will take care of the circumstances of our lives. If we'll listen to him and be obedient. You see what the scripture says? When Joseph woke up, so are we truly wide awake? You know, Sabina said she wasn't awake yet. Are we awake yet this morning? Are you wide awake this morning? Even in the midst of your struggles, are you wide awake? Even in the midst of the challenges you're facing, have you heard what the Lord's command is to you? Do you know this morning what the Lord wants you to do? Well, Joseph did it that morning. He did it that morning. He was obedient to God when God spoke to him. And as you know, based on the other passages of Scripture, this was the beginning of the greatest adventure in Joseph's life. And so it'll be for us if we're willing to obey him. Now, it's not possible really to be obedient to God if you've never received Him. If you've never experienced His love and forgiveness and Him living inside of you, it's really not possible to walk in obedience to Him. But if Christ lives in you, if you have trusted Christ, then the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. And as you hear His Word, you can, by His power, respond in obedience, moment by moment. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, like your servant Joseph this morning, we want to say yes. We want to say yes to the plans that you have for our lives. Lord, you have a plan to save me from my sins. And you also have a plan to take me beyond that. You plan to live through me. You plan to direct my life by the Holy Spirit. So, Lord Jesus, we say yes to you this morning. Amen. It's a time of invitation, a time of decision. If in recent days 
Maybe through the influence of a person witnessing to you one-on-one. Or maybe somebody in your Sunday school class. Maybe through the influence of Christmas music. Maybe something like the John Barry concert or our choirs or, or maybe another special you heard. God has stirred your heart. And in that stirring, you not only had an emotional experience, but you have said yes to Jesus. I want to encourage you this morning, if you have committed your life to Him recently and invited Him to be your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you in obedience to Him to come forward publicly and say, I want to follow Jesus. I'm willing to be His disciple. I'm willing to be baptized. I want to be a part of a fellowship. This will be your opportunity. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you about other decisions that you need to make, recommitments.